Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What With Kay Say. I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all of God's blessed and highly favored people doing today? We are blessed and well in Jesus' name. Amen. I trust you all had a wonderful week. Everything you wanted to accomplish, you were able to get done. Okay, well, you weren't. Because I know I didn't. But then again, some of you might have been better than me. I'm sure you were. But for those of us who don't always have a chance to get everything done that we want to, don't fret. Have no fear. It's a new week. You'll be able to get it done. Amen. I have an announcement today. Radio Free Brooklyn is proud to present Movie Club at Come On Everybody, located at 325 Franklin Avenue in Brooklyn on Sunday, May 7th. Internationally acclaimed psych rock duo Movie Club will be presenting Uncovering the 90s, The Good, The Bad, and Like Whatever. 
a combination of live reading, discussion, and musical performances. The band will be joined by Pulitzer Prize-winning author Camille Perry, in addition to some other very special local guests. So you don't want to miss this media multi-dimension live performance extravaganza right in the heart of Brooklyn. If you need more information, visit movieclubtheband.com. Now, this is going to take place May 7th. So you got time to prepare. Tickets are $10 and and are available at the door and online. And the venue, again, is Come On Everybody, located at 325 Franklin Avenue. I'll be reading more about this, um, you know, up until the event. So if you missed anything, you'll hear it again next week. But today, I want to continue in our studies of the Minor Prophets. If you recall, we started talking about them with Hosea, Joel, Amos, right before we had our Easter interlude, right? That little break we had of Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday where we just was giving praise and all thanks to Jesus Christ. So today I'd like to continue with the studies and it's going to take us into the book of Obadiah. And I always liked his name. I don't know, there's something about his name. His name and Habakkuk. Those two, it was like, I don't know, it's just something about their names, but I like the name Obadiah. And let me see. How could I say this? Obadiah, whose name means servant of the Lord in Hebrew, we really don't know much about him. We don't know much about him, but his message, as with all of God's messages, are just as clear to us today as they were when he first spoke them to the people. And that's why when you think about it, the Bible remains so relevant today because God's words are his words. There's just, there's no changing. What he said is what it is. So when we go into the book of Obadiah, like I said, we really don't know much about him, but what we do know is that he had a message to deliver. And that's the most important part. We don't need to know the background of the individual, although sometimes people like to know the background of an individual, and sometimes that's important. And if it were important for us to know his background, it would have been stated. But the most important part of what his mission was, he accomplished. And that was getting the message to the people that he needed to deliver it to. And in this case, he was delivering a message to the Edomites. Now, the Edomites, do you all know who they are? Can anyone recall who the Edomites are? They were the descendants of Esau. So here's a quick refresher. Bring you up to speed. You remember Esau. Esau was the brother of Jacob, 
Rebecca's kids. Isaac's favorite. You know the story. The two of them fought in their mother's womb. Right? And she was told that she was going to give birth to two nations. Jacob tricks Esau out of his birthright with a bowl of stew. And we'll talk about that tale another time, too, because that's a very, very interesting story. That's a very, very interesting story. And because it's so fascinating and so relevant to today. But I digress. So when Jacob tricks Esau out of his birthright, it sparks a sibling rivalry. We all know about those, right? That continues even until today. They were at odds as brothers and their descendants are at odds, were at odds with each other. So much that the Edomites would not allow the Israelites to pass through their land after they left Egypt. As they were heading to the promised land, the Edomites wouldn't let them pass through their land. And they actually rejoiced when Judah was taken over by the Babylonians. Now, these are family members. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to just that story alone. That's why we're going to get into that again. But so this is where we pick up the story of Obadiah. Obadiah was sent to the nation of Edom with a word from the Lord. And we start with Obadiah 1, 2 to 4, the vision of Obadiah. Thus says the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a report from the Lord and a messenger has been sent among the nations saying, Arise and let us rise up against her her for battle. Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be greatly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You will dwell, you, excuse me, you who dwell in the cliffs of the rock, whose habitation is high, you who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Though you ascend as high as the eagle, and though you set your nest among the stars, From there, I will bring you down, says the Lord. Now, in those verses, we see that God is telling the Edomites that no matter how great you think you are, you still have to answer and will answer to me. Did you know that we can sin against God with our attitudes? Think about it. They were thinking that nothing can touch them as the stuff that was going on with the Israelites because they saw them being taken over by the Babylonians. Now, mind you, like I said, these are the, the, the two, they're in the same family. They're in the same family. So when the Edomites saw the Babylonians take over the Israelites, they were in their lofty 
cliffs of the rock. So they were living up in the mountain so they could look down in the valley and see what was going on. And they could see that the enemy was overthrowing the people of Israel. But God let them know. And he told them in no uncertain terms, I will bring you down. And isn't that what God is saying to the nations today? Those of those nations that are right now today living as though they're above everyone else, looking down on other nations like, hmm, that's why it's happening to you or, hmm, that's why your people don't have or that's why your people are and that's why we're not going to do and we're not going to give and we're not going to allow and all these lofty nations we have today, right? But God lets them know when a nation puffs themselves up greater than any other nation, and actually mocks the ones that are having a hard time, beware. So they were looking at the Israelites and seeing what was happening in their country and thinking to themselves, hmm, nothing can touch us because we're, and right now today, you can, there are people who think the same way. Not even, we don't even have to go as far as nations. We could just go to individuals. Well, nothing can touch me because I'm, or nothing can touch me because I'm, or I do, or I have, or I can, fill in the blank. The Edomites were gloating at what was happening in Judah. Almost like they looked at Judah like, <laughs> so you thought you were better than us because we come from Esau. So you thought you were better than us and look what's happening to you. So we jump down to verse 10. And this is God still talking to the Edomites. For the violence against your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you and you shall be cut off forever. In the day that you stood on the other side, in the, in the day that strangers carried captive his forces when the foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, even you were as one of them. But you should not have gazed on the day of your brother in the day of his captivity, nor should you have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor should you have spoken proudly in the day of distress. You should not have entered the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Indeed, you should not have gazed on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor laid hands on their sub substance in the day of their calamity. You should not have stood at the crossroads to cut off those among them who escaped, nor should you have delivered up those among them who remained in the day of distress. For the Lord, for the day of the Lord upon all nations is near. And you, as you have done, it shall be done to you. Your reprisal shall return upon your head. Do you hear what God is saying to them? Listen to what he's saying to them. 
First, he was telling them he was going to make them a small nation because they thought so much of themselves and that they would be greatly despised. And because they were so proud. See, they were walking around with all this pride like, hmm, nothing could touch us. We are who we are. We do what we do. We have what we have. Right? But God was reminding them. Yes, you may have what you have. Yes, you may be who you are. And yes, you may do what you do, but you still have to answer to me. You still have to answer to me. And because, because they went against the people of Judah, who we all know were God's people, because think about it. You had Esau, you had Jacob. Esau lost the birthright. Jacob got the birthright. The 12 tribes of Israel came from Jacob. So where do you think God is? Think about it. Where do you think God is? And now see, even you, it even makes you just understand the the mindset of God. You had Cain, you had Abel, right? Eve gave birth to both of them. One did what the Lord wanted. One didn't. God's going to go to the one that does what he wants them to do. God's going to go to the one that follows what he says. It doesn't matter that you're in the same family. It doesn't matter that you have the same blood. It doesn't matter that you have the same parents. God is going to follow and bless the one that does what he wants them to do. Right? So here we have the Edomites mocking the Israelites. And it says, for violence against your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you. Because they knew that these people were part of their family. They knew it. They knew that these people were part of their family, but they didn't care. It was like, so what? Take them over. So what? Kill them. And the thing that made it even worse, the thing that made it worse is not only did they not Care. And not only did they, you know, talk about it and gloat about it and, you know, look what's happening to them. But they themselves went in there and was looting the city of Jerusalem after the Babylonians had came in as well. So just think about it. How can I put this? You have a city that gets taken over by someone else, right? No, that's that's even. Let's just make it even closer to home. Your house, God forbid, gets robbed or taken over by someone else. Your family members who you don't really get along with come in and whatever's left, take the rest. That's exactly what was happening here. That's exactly what was happening here. And this is what God was reminding them. Um, hello. Shame on you. For allowing this to happen. And then on top of it. You went and you joined them. 
And whatever was left, you took it away as well. But here it is. He also tells them, you should not have gazed on them in the day of their captivity. You shouldn't have been looking at them like, ooh, look what's happening to them. If you weren't going to help, you should have just kept your mouth closed and just stayed away from it. You shouldn't have rejoiced over their destruction. And that's what they were doing. They were laughing. They were happy that these the people of Israel, you know, the children of Judah, were being taken captive by the Babylonians. You shouldn't have spoke proudly in the day of their distress, like, <laughs> look what's happening to them. And they thought they were better than us. You know how we, you know how some of us can get when we see our enemy or someone who we feel has been a rival to us when things don't go right for them. Just think about coworkers that you work with. That although there's that little rivalry there, it's not always openly. You know it exists, but you keep it at a distance because you know let's not even cross each other's path, right? But when something happens to you, they're sitting back, uh-huh, she thought she was so, or I thought she was, she thought she was so this, that, and the other because of the God she serves. Well, she's always walking around here talking about God, but look what happened to her, right? That's the same thing that the Edomites was doing to the children of Judah. And God was saying, you shouldn't have did that. You shouldn't have spoken proudly in the day of their distress. You should not have entered the gate of my people in the day, day of their calamity. So they were going in there, like I said, taking the stuff off the desk. You should not have gazed on their affliction in the day of their calamity. Nor laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. He says it three times. In the day of their calamity, you should not have entered their gates. You should not have looked at them when things were happening to them. And you shouldn't have went in and taken their stuff. And on top of it, they were the ones standing in the crossroads, blocking the people that was trying to run away so they wouldn't be captive. The Edomites were standing there blocking them so they couldn't run away. It was bad enough that you were talking about them, stealing from them, and then really gloating about what was happening. But then the ones that wanted to escape, you were blocking them from getting away. And then to make matters even worse, the ones that did get away, you captured them and took them back. (laughs) Do you see what God is saying to them? You should not have stood at the crossroads to cut off those among them who escaped, nor should you have delivered up those among them who remained in the day of distress. So here we are back to the co-worker. Something went down. There's a group of you. Something went down. It went awry. A project didn't make the deadline. So it's a group project, right? So the other group who felt they should have gotten the project to begin with, but because your group got the project and it didn't make the deadline, they're gloating because the fact that you didn't make the deadline. So usually there's always somebody in the group 
that didn't make the deadline, they're going to take the fall for the group because there's always a leader in a group. Even though it's a group project, you always have a leader. There's always a spokesperson for the group. So now the other group, they're like, oh, yeah, get her because she thought she was blah, 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 blah. Now the other group members that was with the leader, they're now able to maybe salvage themselves and maybe go work on another project someplace else with someone else. No, but that group that didn't get the original project, they're like, uh-uh, she was part of the group. That, why are you going to make her in charge of that project now? She was part of the group that didn't do blah, blah, blah. You see how? Delivering them up, returning them back. Whereas all that's over with. If they got out of it and they were redeemed to the point where Okay, the manager said, all right, I'm going to put you on another project because the first one didn't work out. But you're going to have someone in the other group that wasn't happy about the original group to begin with saying, why should she get leadership on this? Or why should she be a part of that group? Because remember, she was with the other group. So see, that's what God is saying. You're blocking. And the ones that were able to get out to do something else, you're now bringing it up and returning them back. For all of that, God says, for the day of the Lord is upon all the nations and it's near. And you have done, as you have done, catch this, as you have done, it shall be done to you. Your reprisal shall return upon your head. With that, I think it's time for us to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like.
They think that I'm all by myself in this fight But they do not know the infinite size Of the God who is by my side Hey, on the fire, but my Goliath Standing in the shadow of the Almighty I ain't lying, I'm testifying Man, I'm talking about a
Cause you're holding me And every day I'm living stronger Cause you give me peace Yeah, my testimony is only That you reached on when I was lowly And you lifted me higher Welcome back. Welcome back. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. So now I'm going to give you the music that we played. Of course, you know, we started the show out with Making Changes by Grace. In the music interlude, we had Victory by Phil Thompson and Michael Whitaker. Whitaker. Phil Thompson and Michael Whitaker. Victory. Then we had Big God by Terrain, followed by Happy K. Anthony. So now we are up to the part of the show that I call Op Ed. And in Op Ed, of course, you know, I always take what we talked about in the first part of the show and relate it to what's happening now in our life so we could see exactly how God's words. Apply always, every day, all the time. So, we had the message that God sent to the Edomites. And actually, it was a good word for us today as well. God sees everything. And when you think about that, we always say God is sees everything, God knows everything, God is everywhere. We say that, but we say it very flippant, like, yeah, 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 he is. But think about it. And think about it in what I was saying in the beginning. The Edomites 
and the Israelites were related. And remember, I took it back to the story of Cain and Abel because you had Jacob and Esau. And you could just do it just in your own family as well. It's not like as if Cain didn't know the way of God and only Abel knew. It's not like as if Adam and Eve only taught Abel the way of God and let Cain just run amok. It was a conscious choice that Cain made to not follow the way of God. Not that he didn't know God. And see, that's what I want people to understand. It's not that people, and even taking it back to today, and just thinking about the Edomites, it's not that they didn't know God because Esau and Jacob grew up in the same house with Rebekah and Isaac. So they were both taught the ways of God. And not that Jacob was such a perfect person. Jacob was a trickster. And him and his mother plotted to do what they did. But I told you we're going to go into that another time. But when he decided to do the way of God, see, that's the difference. It's not like people today don't know God. They know God. They just have to decide to follow the way of God. So that's where you see the split. That's where you see how God sees everything because he knows who he created. He knows who walks the face of the earth. And he knows everyone's heart. He knows everyone's heart. So to think that you could do something and not have a repercussion behind whatever you do is insane. And the fact that not that he's going to get you right away. Cause see, when he gave this message to them, when he sent this message to the Edomites through Obadiah, he didn't have to send them a message. Think about it. Just, just think about it. God being who he is, God seeing everything, God knowing everything, God in control of everything. Did he really have to send a message? When he sends you a message, know that he's watching what you're doing. And he's giving you an opportunity to straighten up. Clear and simple. He could have just went and wiped the Edomites out. But he wanted them to know. Because see, sometimes people forget. Sometimes people forget that what they do, there's a repercussion behind it. So sometimes they have to be reminded See what you did? This is what's going to happen because of what you did. But God gave them forewarning. God gave them forewarning. You see what you did? And he broke it down to everything they did. And this is what's going. And then he told them, and this is what's going to happen to you. Because 
The day of the Lord was upon all the nations, and it's near. So everything that you did to my people, all the stories you told about my people, all the lies and all the deception and all the manipulation that you did to my people, all the times that you held them back when they tried to make a new way, and all the times that even when they were able to make a new way, you delivered them back so that they would be captive again. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Interesting. Because God is not pleased when we make matters worse for someone who's already going through a difficult time. Right? He's not pleased with that. Whether it be an individual, whether it be a a city, a nation, he's not pleased. But he's going to handle everything in his own time. Because we know that God's timing is everything. And he knows exactly the right time to give back what you've already given out. Think about it. He's not going to give it back to you when you expect it that it's going to happen to you because then you'd be looking for it and you'd be trying to avoid it. He's going to give it back to you when it happens, you remember why it's happening. And a lot of people say, and I've always, I've always believed in this. When people do wrong to you and you're like, oh, how come they're still able to be or still able to prosper or still able to, because, you know, you automatically go that route. It's human nature. If something happens to you and then you see the people that did it to you and they're still living their lives and they seem to be so content and so happy, you're always going to go, well, how come they get to get away with what they get away with? But yet I always got to be the one that has to pay, right? But just know this, God does everything in his timing. And I always say, when the time comes around for them to pay, because it's here right there in the word, it's right here in the word. God says, as you have done, it shall be done to you. So once those words went out into the universe, was spoken by Obadiah, that meant for everybody, not just for the Edomites that was there he was, that he was talking to. Once God's word is in the atmosphere, it's a done deal for everybody that walks the face of the earth, okay? So I always believe that when it does come back around on the people, there's no way that they don't remember what it is that they did. There's no way. And some people say, no, because sometimes it happens and they don't even know why it's happening to them. Mm -mm. They might pretend that they don't know. And it's not for us to know whether they know. But I know that the way God is, he's going to let them know. This is the reason why this is happening to you. Because then why just make it? If that's the case, he wouldn't have had to warn. He could have just did it at that. Whenever he felt like it, he could have just done it. But no, he has to do it where you understand 
why it's happening to you. So Obadiah was sent with a warning to tell them, don't look down on anybody. Don't rejoice when they're in a crisis. Don't act as though you're better than them because things in your life seem to be going just right for you. And God was telling them, you shouldn't have looked at Judah like that when they were in distress. You should have stopped the people from trying to punish them. You shouldn't have been the one out there participating in the act against my people. And as God has said from the other prophets, Hosea, Joel, Amos, he was going to bring judgment upon the nations that didn't act right. Although when Hosea and Joel were talking to the people of Israel, he was actually, they were actually warning the people of Israel that the Babylonians were going to take them over and the Assyrians were going to take them over. They were being warned, but they, they themselves, the people of God were not listening to what God was telling them. Then you have outsiders, the Edomites, who are doing whatever they want to do. So he's sending a warning to them. Look, you're no different from the ones that I was trying to chastise years before. You're the same. I'm warning you too. Watch what you're doing. And it brings us back. So here's it. Here's where we see karma, karma being spoken, right? Because we always say, oh, what goes around comes around, right? That's what we say now in modern day terms. But God was saying, as it, as you have done, it shall be done unto you. Your reprisal shall return upon your head. Much like when we think of the Galatians, right? When Paul was talking to the Galatians and we'd look at Galatians 6, 7. It says clearly, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. He said it to the Edomites, the Edomites, back in the Old Testament. And here it is right here in the New Testament. Like I said, when God's word goes forth, when it went forth on the earth, it was covering generations to come because his word is his word. So God warns us today that we should not let old rivals fester. Because remember, that rival was going on between Jacob and Esau from before they were even born. And the thing about it is, is because when we do let them fester, any differences that we have with people, it becomes more and more dangerous to control. Because like I said, remember, it started out with just two brothers that were warring in their mother's womb. And then it grew and grew until neither side was going to make any type of amends. Although they tried, but did they really try to make amends? And we see that today in our own families and with our own relationships. When someone feels wronged, if there's no forgiveness or true repentance of saying, I'm sorry for what I've done to you, it can grow out of control and eventually become too great to resolve between the two of them. And when that happens, 
that's when the day of the Lord is upon us. And God will make the decision of what happens with either side. But remember, he's going to go with the side that's his people. That ends op-ed. Word of the month. This is our last. No, this is not our last Sunday. Oops, stop. We still have another Sunday after this. I don't know why I keep thinking that May is starting next week, but it's not. I'm not going to rush the month. It's already rushed. But the word of the month was fastidious, very attentive to and concerned about accuracy and detail. And we've seen that in all of the stories that we've read. God is very meticulous with the details. He spells everything out. So you can never say you didn't understand. And our promise for this week is going to come from Psalm 19. It's a pretty long one. I'm going to go from 7 to 11. Psalm 19, 7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. And with that, I say, everyone have a blessed Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Continue to do your devotions, to read your word to make sure that you are following what God has given you to do because we all have different assignments. But as long as you're following what God has you to do to the best of the ability that he's given you to do it, then you won't be held accountable. Only those who will be held accountable is who deliberately don't do what God wants them to do. You know who you are. I don't have to point you out. I know when I deliberately don't do what God wants me to do. And I'm sure you're aware of it as well. Not aware of what I don't do, but aware of what you don't do. (laughs) Either way, have a blessed Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week. And until God brings us together again next week, I leave you with Heaven by Anthony David and Algebra Blissett. Peace.
Just to gain this sweet reward Streets of gold